Thank you all. That was beautiful. We're going to look tonight uh, briefly together at one of probably the most familiar verses in the Bible. Uh, It is John 3.16. And I will read it uh, for us, and then I will pray for us uh, that God will give us grace this evening to understand it. Uh, This is what it says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. This is God's word for us this evening. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again and again that you are a God who gives. And Lord, we thank you that you have given us your word. And we pray tonight that you would give us your spirit, that we might understand it. Show us Christ, we pray. In his name, amen. The problem with really familiar verses and really familiar passages is that sometimes we come to them and we assume that we already know what they're going to say. And so it can be hard to return to these familiar verses, these familiar passages, and see with new eyes. And so what I want to do tonight is I want to try to look afresh at John 3, 16, this very familiar passage, and I want to focus on just six words in the verse. And the six words are this, for God so loved, he gave. For God so loved, he gave. There's two things we're going to see in these six words. Two things we'll be reminded of this evening. The first is that no one loves like God. And the second, no one gives like God. No one loves like God because God's love is unconditional. Uh, The great theological text, the Jesus Storybook Bible, puts it this way, God's love is a never stopping, never giving up, unbreakable, always and forever love. It is love that is unconditional. Now, this is a term, uh, unconditional love, that we often uh, bandy about at weddings. Uh, We talk about it in parenting. We talk about it in anniversaries. Neo and Katy Perry had a song about unconditional love recently. Uh, It might be helpful to stop and unpack what unconditional love is. Unconditional love means that God loves because he wants to. God loves because he wants to, not based on anything that is lovely about us. God chooses to love us, not because we are awesome, not because we are great. In fact, God loves us even though we are terrible, Uh, even though we are weak-minded and weak-willed and people who are prone to wander, God has chosen to put his love upon us. And maybe like the closest analog, the closest thing, the closest experience that we can have as humans to unconditional love might be adopting a child that you have never met. That might be the closest thing to choosing to love someone. Uh, In fact, one Christian author a few years ago wrote a book about his experience meeting a child for the first time and adopting him. It was an international adoption. 
And he said, it was like I walked up to this child and said, hello, I love you. And that is maybe the closest thing that can get to unconditional love. And and maybe that's even why the gospel so often uses the, the picture of adoption as an image for what God has done for us. But even that metaphor breaks down. Because God doesn't choose to love us without knowing us. God chooses to love us even though he knows full well we are terrible. You see, we can only pretend at unconditional love. We can only pretend at it. We can never actually do it. In our marriages, in our parenting, in our friendships, we are only ever pretending at unconditional love. And that's why in so many of those situations where we like to talk as if we are doing something unconditional, we end up having to make promises to do it. It's why there are vows at a wedding, because your love is not unconditional. There are promises attached. It's why we make promises at baptisms. It's why we make promises when we join the church. We do that because none of our love is actually unconditional. Now, to be sure, our love in this world might be heroic. There are people who do heroic things in the name of love. Our love might even be altruistic, but it is never actually unconditional. And the reason our love cannot be unconditional is sin. Sin is the reason. We can never actually love others with unconditional love because what sin has done is sin has bent us in on ourselves. Sin has made us selfish people who are more concerned with self than we are with others. Our love can never be unconditional. It can never be a never stopping, never giving up, unbreakable, always and forever love. Maybe to put it another way, we always love because. And you can fill in the blank with because. We love our children because they are ours. We love our friends because they are nice to us. We love our families. We love our nation. We love our city. All of those things, we have reasons for loving. We always love because. But God just loves. We love because God just loves. And it is the nature of love to give. It is the nature of love to give, and no one loves like God, and therefore no one gives like God. How many of you have done Christmas gift calculus this year? I think you know what I mean. It's where you go through like the mental list of people that are sort of in your relational circle and try to figure out who's going to give you a gift so that you don't have the horrifically embarrassing thing happen where someone gives you a gift and you have nothing to give in return. Anyone, y'all have done this. You're not going to raise hands. Daniel, thank you. You're, You're the honest one here this evening. We do this all the time. And sometimes like you like make extra things so that like if someone shows up at your door and they're like, hey, I got you this. It's like, oh, I got something for you too. And you like run into the back room and there's like a frantic sound of cookies being shoved into a tin. And then you come back out and it's like, here it is. No one, no one has done this. I see you. 
I know you're out there. Why do we do this? Some of it is social convention. Uh, we, we trade gifts. We exchange gifts. Some of it is wanting to show affection. We want to show people that they are as important uh, to us as we are apparently to them. Um, sometimes I think, honestly, we're bad gift receivers. We don't like to be in debt to people or to feel like we have needed something or that we have gotten something we didn't earn. But I think also, maybe most profoundly, I don't think we often understand the nature of gift. Because the heart of gifts is not exchange. It's not transaction. The heart of of gift is blessing someone at a cost to yourself. Blessing others in a costly way. I think this is why later in John's Gospel, Jesus tells his disciples that there is no greater love, no greater gift that someone can show for another in, in that laying down his life for his friends is the greatest form of love. In that situation, there is no possibility of receiving something in return. When you lay down your life, you are only blessing others at a great cost to yourself. But what's amazing and what is, I think, the very heart of the gospel is that Jesus doesn't just hold that up as some sort of ideal for us to strive towards. The heart of the gospel is that God gives like that. God gives at great cost to himself. God doesn't just give us good things like sunsets and love and good music and sweatpants and mint chocolate chip ice cream. God gives at great cost to himself. And what is it that God has given? His son. His beloved Son, no one gives like God. In Jesus, God blesses us at a profoundly great cost to himself. And the cross is the place where God's love and God's giving meet at their apex. That is the place we are blessed at the great cost to God. That is the place also where our broken hearts are bent straight and the place that everything sad begins to come untrue. One group of writers put it this way, thinking about God's love. They said, love gives everything because it gives everything. Love dies to itself out of a desire to see the other live. Unconditional love cannot be snuffed out. Because it has already snuffed itself out on your behalf. Tomorrow morning, you're going to wake up. You're going to be sleepy. Those of you with kids, you're going to be real sleepy. You're going to gather with kids. You're going to gather with friends and family. You might even gather with your church family at 10 a.m. when we gather for worship. You're going to have coffee. You're going to take videos and pictures. You might start a fire. You're going to give and you're going to receive gifts. And you should enjoy that. Absolutely. But my encouragement to you tomorrow is to practice receiving. Practice receiving. Every gift you receive in some small way preaches the gospel to you. 
Because it reminds you that you have life in Jesus. Because nobody loves and nobody, nobody gives like God. For God so loved, he gave. Merry Christmas. Would you pray with me? Father, again, we thank you that you are a God who gives and you are a God who loves. And Father, we thank you for the unconditional love that you have shown us knowing what we are like. You sent your own son to live a life that we could not live, to die a death we could not die. And you raised him again in triumph over sin and death. Father, we pray, teach us your love. Anchor us in your love. Anchor us in the gift you have given. And Father, let that shape in us love and giving of our own, that we might bear witness to your goodness and your grace in the world. And we pray all of these things in Christ's name. Amen.